This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Alexander City, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. when uh, you and I, people everywhere, are going to need God's help. Well, one of the things that people stumble over uh, is uh, their money. The, the problem with that is that is that they think that it's theirs. And we just use it while we're here. I mean, it's a medium of exchange. But in the kingdom of God, faith is a medium of exchange. The currency of heaven is called faith. And faith is simple trust in God. It's simple trust in God. That comes from uh, looking and listening to God with the purpose of obeying God. Of simply doing what he says. Where offerings are concerned, a tithe, the Bible says, an offering, there's a distinction there. They're not the same thing. Tithe is 10%. Offering is anything above and beyond the 10%. The 10% uh, is us only giving to God what belongs to God. It doesn't belong to us. It belongs to God. And the offering, though, is at our discretion. It's always to be a free will, uh, voluntary heart in our giving. Now, our heart should be, well, our heart should be purpose. I'm going to give to God what belongs to God, and I'm going to give to uh, I'm going to give to God what I want uh, God to have out of what He has given me. Because what would we give God? Only out of what all God has given us. It's a simple acknowledgement of that. But giving positions us, giving to God positions us for God to give to us. The same way that sowing a seed positions us for for the Lord of the harvest to make His harvest happen for us. It's that simple. It doesn't need to be complicated. It's just that simple. And simplicity is probably the best solution uh, for any uh, financial problems that you and I might have. You, you, we need God's help in the days that uh, the government's going to give everyone a raise. But, you know, have you noticed that inflation has more than swallowed up before they gave you the raise? They're reactionary. Uh, Men can react, but we can learn to respond first to God. And in the midst of scarcity, are you listening? In the midst of plague and famine, uh, it doesn't come near us. God has already decided a surplus of protection and provision for our lives. If you're here, you might just nod, maybe poke your neighbor if you're so inclined Say, I know he's talking about you. We're in the book of Ruth. I want to entitle this today, Help at Harvest Time. Now, you know, uh, I, I really um, sense 
have sensed a stirring uh, by the Holy Spirit um, this morning in ministering this today to you, sharing this with you as it's been shared with me. But we do look to your help, Holy Spirit, because unless you show us, we can't see it. Unless you help us, uh, there, uh, there's no way that we can know and understand. So we thank you for that in advance. As you are always faithful, all we have to do is ask and you provide. If you could agree with that, say amen. All right, to God be the glory. We're in the book of Ruth, and I want to give you a bit of a backstory because perhaps some folks are, are joining in that uh, we've been here in this book. And, you, you know, uh, I asked the Lord, I said, now, why, why are we staying here? He said, well, it's just too much of a casual glance through in life, you know, uh, uh, the pop-ups that come and we get so distracted. Uh, sometimes God has to... Uh, help us to focus on one thing and usually that one thing uh, is a storyline that he would have us to bring us from this place in our understanding of him into a whole different place in our understanding and you know we're in a big rush uh, to know it all to be it all to have it all but you know God will start small and go slow and it would help us to understand that's who he is and that's how he does he starts small and he goes slow because he wants us to really grow you know a lot of the educational system uh, today is just simply based on memorizing stuff enough to get through skook on through and you know uh, but I'll tell you for the life of me there's some of that algebra I wasn't interested in learning I can't do it to this day amen Hadn't helped me at all with my finances. I'm still in, you know, addition, subtraction, and believing for multiplication. I'm sick of the division. How about you? <laughs> Haven't divided up among all of these. Praise the Lord. All right. Oh, uh, it's okay. Uh, isn't that interesting that in a world that is going so fast, perhaps too fast, that God just takes his time? Oh, I don't believe that. Well, when Lazarus died, you know, Jesus stayed where he's at for a couple more days. Just to make sure that God's not in a hurry. When he knows the end from the beginning, he's going to do a big bang thing. Are you listening? You can't outdo God. So if it seems like he's late, he's never late. He's always kind of just in time. But, <laughs> you know, on our time, he takes his time, doesn't he? But you know, he that believeth, the Bible says, shall not make haste. So you don't have to be in a hurry because God's not. Aren't you glad God's not in a hurry because uh, he doesn't want hell to overflow. He wants heaven to be full. God is not slack concerning his promises, but rather he's waiting for the uh, ripening of the reapings because he's interested in precious souls. If Jesus hurried up and did everything the way we wanted, when we wanted it to do, a lot of people wouldn't make it. Sometimes we're only concerned with our story, but God has 
the whole story, the bigger picture in mind. So we're in the book of Ruth. I need to give a little bit of a backstory. We find this lady named Naomi and her daughter-in-law Ruth, and they made a move. You know, sometimes you have to change the frame in order to change the game from losing to winning. We have to understand that they came from Moab, which was, a, which was a good idea that had moved Naomi and her family away from God's center. Not much said about living in the center of God's uh, will, the perfect will. We live in such a promiscuous uh, and... Uh, wayward world and a society where anything goes and even in the church sometimes you know uh, folks say well that doesn't apply to me after all we're under grace not under uh, not under the law well there's still a perfect will of God that must be proven for ourselves there what are God what do God worshipers what are they like they are arrows aimed at God's Bullseye didn't say the bullseye we de- we we design for ourselves, you know, and say, well, that's it. That's the that's going to be the center for my life. No, it's God's bullseye. Where above all and before all, there is a God who is to be worshipped, and a God who of whom as a worshiper we would be a witness that there is a God who is worthy of lives, of holiness. Holiness not being some religious term, but lives that are centered, lives that are focused, lives that are separated from certain things so they could be separated onto other greater things. We sang a song, Greater Things, that Jesus said, Greater works than these there is a greater work in the earth and it's God's work it's what God is doing what's he doing he's he is redeeming mankind he's ransoming and rescuing uh, those that will look to him and realize that they need rescue I'm one of those I don't know about you but I am one of those amen now they made a move. You know, so you have to make a move they, away from the good ideas uh, where things, you know, don't always work out as we expected them to. May it move from Moab to Bethlehem, which was God's idea. It was God's center for Naomi. Uh, and, uh, and we understand that Ruth, as her daughter-in-law, chose that better part for Herself, There was another daughter-in-law that went back to her gods and her people and, and her good ideas. But this Ruth said, where you go, I'll go. Where you stay, I'll stay. Your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. Where you die, I will die. I'm not going to leave you. And you know, you have to, if you're going to follow Jesus in these days now, you really have to have that kind of a follow-through. In your life. God where you go I go. When you stop I stop. When you start I start. I'm going with you God. You know. And it's it's against the grain. Of the world that we live in. 
you know, you be, be careful. The Bible says that you don't become so accustomed and acclimated to the culture that you're in that you don't think anything about being conformed to that and you go the same way. You become like it. We're here. We're here uh, to change. Are you listening? Uh, the culture, to change cultures first so that it is kingdom come and his will be done. We're in the kingdom of God. And that narrow road's going right down the middle of the wide road to destruction, the narrow way, but it's also going in the opposite direction. It's not going in the same direction. How many of you know God's ways are different than ours? The Bible says higher than ours. Well, what difference does that make? Well, when the flood comes, you need a higher ground. <laughs> you might need to come up a little higher. When the bill is due, you might need a little higher sights than just get through and just get by and oh me and oh my. Amen. All right. So they move from Moab to Bethlehem, move back into it's God's idea. Uh, when the Bible says when Naomi heard, heard about what God was doing, she made a move in that direction. A lot of folks no longer listening to what God uh, is doing, are not interested in what God's doing. We need to know what the political party in power is doing. Nonsense. That's what they're doing. Nonsense. Are you listening? Because without God's sense, it's just all nonsense. Men don't have the, have the, uh, the capacity... To rule, the Bible says, righteously or effectively without God's help. That's why we pray for them. I'm not being critical. I'm just saying, you know, it's better to trust in God than to trust in princes. Religious princes, political princes, financial princes, educational princes. Trust in God. Amen. Now, they arrived at the beginning of harvest time. They moved back to Bethlehem. And I want to announce to you today, it's harvest time. What's been sown has been grown, and surely it shall be. It's showing now. It shall be shown that it can be known. Ruth was in a new place. She was in God's grace. And grace, defined in Second Corinthians, the ninth chapter, says uh, that God is able to make every favor an earthly blessing. Isn't that interesting? There's heavenly favor that translates down into and exchanges into earthly blessing. How many of you know that uh, we need earthly uh, demonstration and manifestation of the goodness of God? Of the grace of God. It says God, I mean, you know, we need God's ability here on the earth. Heaven's our home, but you're temporarily still stationed here as an ambassador, a, a worshiper and a witness, an ambassador for Jesus. And this is a strange land that we find ourselves in, in, isn't it? You know, people look at you kind of strange sometimes when you, uh, when you say the name Jesus, he's not a cuss word. It's a praise. 
you, you lovingly speak his wonderful name because that's the name that we were given that by where we're saved. No other name under heaven whereby we're saved. So here's Ruth in a new place and she's found in God's grace every favor and earthly blessing. She got up. She said, I'm going to go someplace where somebody's going to treat me with kindness. And, and the option and the opportunity that she had was even if you're the poorest of the poor and you know... Uh, well, I'll tell you what now, even the world despises the poor. The world manipulates and uses the poor for its own purposes. Are you listening? Because we, we, we like to set ourselves up as the hero and as God. There's only one hero, there's only one God, and he's the only help for the poor. And he sent Jesus, he was God's help. And the message Jesus said, I have come to preach the good news to the poor. The poor is what? You are not poor anymore with God's help, see? So I'm going to heal your broken heart. I'm going to set you free from the captivity. I'm going to let you loose from being a, a, a prisoner. I'm here to tell you that you have arrived at harvest time because I'm here, the Lord of the harvest, and it's now the acceptable time of God's favor. It's the time he chose, and I'm here to announce that to you. And boy, oh, how didn't he announce that? With power and demonstration. He said not just words. I'm not just going to tell you. I'm going to show you. So she got up one day. The Bible says. I like that. It goes one day uh, uh, Naomi uh, got herself together. And made the move. And then they got uh, into the center of where God's. Where her inheritance was. You know there's a place. And a grace that would. That would come to you that you need to come into, listen, that God has set in every place, every town, every hamlet, every backwoods road. I mean, there is a, if you're here in Alabama, there are churches out there in the woods. I'm going to tell you what, some of them are occupied and some are not, you know, but God has seen to it that he had a witness for the worshipers. Are you listening? But there's an inheritance the Bible talks about in the, in the place of God's grace, in the center of his will. And the Bible says this about this. Said, Paul said, I commend you to the word of God, which is able to build you up and give you your inheritance. So inheritance is linked to you hearing and believing and receiving the word of God. The word of God builds you up in your faith, your most holy faith, so that you can receive the inheritance that God has for you. That inheritance is certainly spiritual heaven as your home, but it's also every earthly blessing while you're here to get your job done. You need to expand your thinking where that's concerned. It ain't all reserved for there. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. Well, you know, I used to sing that when I first got saved. And I mean, you know, thrilled that I wasn't going to hell no more. Thrilled that Jesus took me in. Thrilled to find out that, you know, uh, that uh, heaven was available. Forgiveness was mine. I always forgiven. He, he wanted me. Thrilled at that, you know. But I also found out that later on that I didn't have to put it all off towards heaven. That God wanted me to have him. And all that he is, all that he has here and now. Now there's some special stuff in heaven, but the Bible says that there would be days of heaven on the earth 
We're living in the kingdom now. We're, we're supposed to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done here on earth. Where? Here on earth as it is in heaven. Well, you find out as it is in heaven, it's all right to call up and get your stuff. Are you listening? Heaven's help here on the earth. Heaven's help here on the earth. I said heaven's help here on the earth. Say, help me, Lord. So she got up. She stepped up to God's setup. She simply said this. Uh, I'm going to work. So she went to work. You know, sometimes you got to get up off the couch. You got to get out of the house. No offense to you, those of you that are on the couch right now, watching what's going on in the in the house. We're glad you're here. Amen. Just don't don't go anywhere for right now. But you understand what I'm saying. You got to find a place, a harvest field, and you got to work the blessing, get in the blessing, exercise the options and the opportunities that are at hand. Never been a better time to find out about Jesus. Never been a better time to belong to him. Never been a better or easier day. Honey, you could turn the TV on. There are lots of global stations now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Jesus in the morning. Jesus in the noontime. Jesus all day long, all day strong. Honey, three o'clock in the morning, you can turn it on and somebody somewhere is talking about Jesus. God's got a voice happening in the earth and he's saying something. Never been a better time. There are more books now than there have ever been. The Bible uh, says if Jesus, if they just recorded what Jesus did, all the books in the world, but you know there's more books in the world about Jesus and what he has done through the generations now than ever. This is still the number one bestseller and I got a, I got a news for you whether the New York Times or NBC, ABC and all the rest of the CBDs and you know, whatever. Are you hearing? This is the number one. It will always be the number one and I got a feeling that in the days that are ahead, somebody gonna need a little light in the darkness. Somebody might want a little light on the path because we got to make it through now, don't we? Now, please don't get me all stirred up. I need to stay with my notes. I've been threatened, you understand, about time frames and all that kind of stuff. When we get to heaven, listen, I'm gonna be the dude down on the corner where God has put me and you can come down there anytime because I mean it'll take a thousand years just to tell the half of what I feel like he's done for me when I get there I mean it'll probably take you know a little while just to calm down maybe 150 years uh, of that 20 you know time will be no more and you know you you can change channels anytime walk down to the next corner but I guarantee you there'll be somebody there that's just like me glad they're there Got a story to tell. And what to say, let me tell you. Oh, let me tell you what great things he did for me. I'm here. Let me tell you how I got here. <laughs> Glory to God. Oh, in the days that ahead, might be some church services last a little bit longer and because they're a little bit stronger than what the average Christian can stomach or stand. But that's all right. I don't intend to be an average Christian or average anything. Are you listening? Jesus took me out of the... I mean, I mean. are you listening? What he did for me is, not, is beyond average. It's extraordinary. It's against the odds. 
<laughs> Anyhow, I am one. God's looking for one. It only takes one, but I am one. I am one, amen. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. And boy, what I see. I'm glad I'm found. Well, she found herself in the, I want to say this about options and opportunity. Every day I have the option and the opportunity to seek his face. Every day, every morning that I wake up not dead again today is a day I acknowledge that God has made and it's a salvation day and I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. I'm going to spend those first moments with him. I, I want to see his face. I want him to see my face first thing. I'm going to put my face in the sunlight of what God's doing. See, I know there's a greater glory and we have the generation that has been reserved to to walk in that, to live in that, to be the ultimate, wonderful display and manifestation of that. Oh, you may not want to be part of what God's doing, but I surely do. Are you listening? Amen, I do. I can tell you all about steak, but you're going to have to come get some for yourself. Why are you down there eating old cornbread and, and old Blue John buttermilk? Are you listening? That's a leftovers. You understand what I'm saying? The world can't do for you what God has already done for you. You need to come find out. You need to come sit at the table. Hallelujah. Are you, amen. Well, I, you know, just bring me my stuff. I'm on my couch. Honey, you slouch. Get up off of that couch. Get out the house. Go find out what God's doing. He's out in the street. Wisdom is crying out in the street. Oh, silly, foolish ones. You need to see what God has done. And as soon as we're seeing what he's done, you'll see what he's doing. Oh, I didn't mean to preach like that, but you know, anyhow, it's out there. Can't get it back. It's gone now. I'm not sorry I said it. Lord, I hope you heard me. Amen. Now listen. She found herself in the field of a man, a blessed man, a, a blessing, a man of blessing, a worshiper and a witness. The Bible says that this man, this got stuck in my spirit. I just, you know, how do you say, how, how, what does that mean? Well, the same way if you keep looking at pornography, it's going to get stuck in you. See? control your thought life all that see you got to look at the right things and when you're looking at the word in this it says it says that Boaz was a man of integrity he was an honorable man what he honored God so he was honorable we honor God the Bible says God should be honored not much honor in the world today don't even know the definition of of honor but you know when we keep faith with God you'll find that God keeping faith with you oh I want to be found faithful when God's looking let him find a faithful one I'm going to be one how about you I am one as much as I know how not without you know not perfect but a perfect heart towards God if I mess if I mess up or miss it I run to him not from him amen keep a real short rope with it Keep in the yoke. The Bible says, uh, take my yoke upon you. I'm not going anywhere. Whether it's easy or hard, I'm not going anywhere. See, 
I done found a perfect partner. And that would be Jesus Christ. Well, it says he was a man of integrity. What does that mean, a man of integrity? Well, he's a man of the word. We know that. He honored God. That's how he was blessed. When you honor God, you'll be blessed. Honor God with the first of all of your substance. The Bible says, and you'll be blessed. Your barns will be blessed. Your, your, and those are, those are literal or they're even figurative. Just honor with the Lord as first. And you'll be blessed. And the blessing will, be, will bring a fullness and an overflowing in your life. Honor. Everybody say honor. Well, it says he was an honorable man. A man of integrity he was the same on the outside if you, it, as he was on the, on the inside. And the, he noticed Ruth and he wanted to be a blessing to her. Some people think that there was, a, you know, their idea of the love of love is the world's definition where it's lustful and selfish and, you know, self-promoting and self-gaining, selfish. But no, his name means, his name defined means strength. We find that he was, a, he was a type of a kinsman redeemer. He was a type of Jesus. And the kinsman redeemer by definition is a relative that is responsible, but also underneath that has the privilege of. Not a, when we take the responsibility of something, we will have the power to carry that out, the strength to to fulfill that responsibility. A lot of people just want power and position. Be a responsible person. See, this boy was raised, you know, by the right kind of folks. His history, we don't have time to go back in that, but he was a man who understood the law, but he also had a deep encounter and experience with the grace of God. Not just the letter of the law, but the spirit of the law. His mama was a foreigner. And oh, I tell you, you know, you know, you can't give people grace unless you've received some grace. And you know, grace is, have you ever, have you ever been even lately, you know, a little bit grateful, just a little bit grateful, just being in the harvest time and looking, realize the Lord, I, 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 I'm reaping where I haven't sown. I really don't deserve it. I haven't earned this. I, I couldn't do this. I'm like, your goodness is overwhelming. See, it's a relative responsible, but also considers that responsibility a privilege. He was taught as a very young boy, boy that, you know, you're, you, you as a male in the, uh, in the family may one day find yourself in a, in a position where you are called upon to be a kinsman redeemer. You may be called upon, you know, we call upon our, our God to bless us, but you need to understand that with great privilege comes great responsibility. And you may someday be called upon as a blessed man, whom you are. We're blessed. No other nation, no other people on the earth has had the, the privilege being chosen by God to hear his voice. To, to be given such wonderful laws to live by. What, words that work. Wonderful words that work. You have good success in life. No other people. 
That's written in the Bible, you know. And every once in a while we need to be grateful when we, when we see the goodness of God, the overwhelming, overpowering, overcoming goodness of God. It's good to be grateful, isn't it? You know, ungratefulness caused them to not inherit God's fullness. They were ungrateful and unthankful, so they got to whining and complaining about the way that God was training them that they would live well when they got in the abundance. Isn't it interesting that you can be trained in the scarcity to live well when the surplus comes? There's a thought for you. We'll leave it at that. This relative is responsible to help a relative in need or danger is a deliverer, rescues, redeems, bails out, steps into the gap. Who's that sound like? Well, in this, in her case, it's Jesus with skin on, it's Boaz. And, you know, Naomi and Ruth uh, had uh, come from a hard place, and they were in a hard place, even in a place of blessing, they were in a hard place. You know, it's, it, it, uh, a hard place can become a hopeless place. You know what, we feel hopelessness because we feel helplessness. There's no help. But you know, they came there looking for God's help. They heard that God was helping his people again, visiting his people, blessing his people. You know, hopeless comes from helpless. But when help comes, everybody say, but when help comes. (laughs) Oh, here comes hope. When help comes, here comes help. I got good news for you today. Help has come here at the harvest time. The Lord of the harvest, Jesus has come. John 10.10, he said this, a thief only has one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy. But I have come. Everyone say, I have come. See, Jesus has come. And he's done some things. See, he said, I came to give you everything in abundance. What would that everything be? Not the killing, stealing, and destroying. Not the taking away. Not the robbing. Not causing you to live poor and scarce and sick and be devil. That's not the will of God. That's not the will of God. That's not the way of God. The devil don't work for God. God called him an enemy. Called him a thief, called him a liar, called him a murderer. Said the truth isn't in him, not one ounce of truth. Jesus drew a line in the sand that the religious people related everything came from God, even the devil. The devil did not. Lucifer did. Are you listening? But he fell. He was cast down, the Bible said. How did he fall? God knocked him down to size. The Bible says one day we're going to look at him and go, this is the one. This little pipsqueak tormented the nations, caused so much trouble. Oh, now, preacher, you know the devil, the devil, the devil, the devil, the devil, to devil with the devil. Actually, you know, I can legally say and rightfully so, to hell with the devil. It's only going to take one angel to chain him up and put him in a hole. One. 
Now, why would God write that in his book? Because God just said, oh, it takes one. <laughs> it took one man, Adam, one man, Jesus, the last Adam. It's going to take one little angel to put one little devil in a hole. And when we see him, we're going to go, this is it? Him? <laughs> I remember Lester Summerall said that he was in bed uh, one night and he said the bed began to move and she said he woke up, felt uh, the, just the evil presence in the Lord and said that the bed started moving, you know, the devil was, uh, you know, <laughs> and he said never even got out of bed. He said, oh, it's just you. Now put this thing back where it belongs and then get. I like that. I like that. It's just you. Now you put it back and then you get no fear because we're perfectly loved. No fear because we're perfectly loved. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow, it's just a shadow. Death has been conquered. Death is underneath our feet. We're going to go through death alive, come out on the other side, face to face with God and get to stay. How does that happen? Well, you got to ask Jesus into your heart. You got to let him lord your life. You got to choose before the axe is laid to the tree because when the tree falls, where she lays, where she's going to lay. If you're headed in the direction of hell, if you're living with the devil and you're living for the devil, you need to change direction right now before it's too late. I know this is old fashioned, but you're not going to change the way of God. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You need to get on the right way. You need to get with the right God. You need some right things. If everything's going wrong, and it's too, been too long and too strong. Let's change that right now here today. Say this with me and mean it in your heart. Jesus, I'm ready to go in your direction. I'm done with the devil. Now let the devil be gone. In Jesus' name, I'm forgiven. I'm repenting right now. I'm turning from this way and I'm going God's way. I thank you, Lord, for saving me. I needed rescue. You're my redeemer. You're with me in times like this, this time of trouble. You're the friend that's closer than a brother. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, now and all the doings of the devil, he couldn't stop God from doing what only God can do. Welcome to you being a new creation and a new you. I'm t I mean, listen, I can't tell where you're at, but I know you're there. Let the whole world and every devil be a liar, but God is true to you right now. And you'll find out as you're true to him, he'll be true to you. The new creation is a reality, and it's your reality. Congratulations. Listen, we'll help you in any way that we can. Contact us. There's so many different ways. Pastor Sandy will always answer the phone. It'll all be good if she don't, Sandy will. All right, let's move right along here. He said, I have come to give you everything in abundance. Everything, that means spiritually and naturally. Everything that God has. And it's all God's. Everything in heaven and earth belongs to him and he came to give it to you. 
He came to restore that what was uh, that which was lost. Back in fellowship, back in right relationship, back in the Eden experience of walking and talking, and ex- and God telling you, showing you what to do, and being a blessing and filling the whole earth with the blessing of God. What a wonderful life! You know, I I tell you what. Now, don't believe the devil's lie. This is a hard old way. The hell was a hard way. The way of the transgressors hard. Get over here on easy street with the Lord. Amen. He'll help you. Won't God help you? He said more than you expect. Everyone say more than you expect. Life in its fullness until you overflow. What's the difference? You know when you have to have it. It's not like that when you can live without it. Everybody ever been? You know we went to the the little gas station down here and you know, Sin went in to pay. She came out and she said, there's two young fellas and they were putting gas in a, uh, you know, young fellas. And they were putting uh, uh, friends, I suppose, and they were putting gas in their vehicle. She said, you know, they paid with quarters and nickels and dimes. They were scraping this stuff. We looked at each other and said, oh, Lord, we've been there. We know what that'd be like. Amen. So Lord, and Sin goes, Lord, bless them and help them. Amen. Are you listening? Are you hearing? When you have to have it, it's a whole different position and condition than when you feel like you could just live without it. See, you, you, you may get up, you know, in life and you're full of one, we'll be full of oneself and full of this world's goods, quote, goods, goods and services. And self-satisfied, all set, don't need no help. I can live without it. But you know, have you ever found yourself in life where you're running on empty? I mean, you get up in the cupboards is bare. The gas tank is on, is, is redlining. The bank account, you, 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 you know, you checked it before you went to go get the grocery because you were hoping and praying that something supernatural happened because in the natural 10 cents ain't going to get it. You know what I'm talking about? See, when you really need the help, I mean, I mean, she said, I'm going to get up and go to work. We, we got to do, we can't just sit here till we die. We look, we came here looking for God's help. Now, see, my daddy used to say, uh, God will help them that help themselves. I believe that's a half truth, but you know, I mean, sometimes if you can't get the whole truth on your way to finding that out, you know, that God will help, you got to get up and do some, and, and look for some help. She said, I'm going looking for some help today. And she got up off the couch and got out of the house and got out in the field. But she found herself in a harvest field of a man that was blessed and was looking to be a blessing. A man that God had helped. You know, God's help is this mercy, grace, and kindness. Didn't she say it out of her own mouth? She said, why is this mercy? What is this grace and favor? I don't deserve it. I'm a foreigner here. How is it that you want to bless me? Because God is a God of blessing. God is a good God. God is a, His greatness is in His gentleness and His kindness. When you really look to Him, when you really have to have it, you're going to find the mercy freely given His fullness, His abundance, His fullness for all of you, to fill all of your emptiness, His help. The Bible says in another place, He understands our humanity. He understands for as a man 
man. He took on himself. He became a man, one of us, a close relative, a kinsman redeemer. It says, as a man, our magnificent king priest, Jesus Christ was was tempted in every way just as we are in concussion. He knew when you've been pushed past your limits. He knew when you've been shut down the way to the back of the line. He knew when the devil has had his foot on your neck and grabbed you into the mud. He knows what it's like to be tempted to give in and to give up and to just shut up and to stay put. He knows what it's like to want to stay in the house and cover your head with the blanket and hope the world goes away. He knows, but the Bible says he didn't do it. He got up anyway. It says he un- he understood who being there. He said he endured such contradiction of sinners against himself and went to that cross. And did it all anyway. While we were dead in our have you ever tried to have you ever tried to talk to dead people? Dead folk don't hear. Dead folk don't see. Dead folk have no comprehension, the power to comprehend. Either while we were yet dead in our sins and our trespassing. Are you listening? Not only did we hung up a tr- no trespass God sign. We don't want God. We don't need God. I don't believe there is a God. Who is God anyway that I should serve him? Yet here came God personally present in Jesus, hanging on a cross, reconciling the world to himself before the world ever wanted him or knew it needed to be reconciled. Sometimes it's just a few little stragglers that the world pushes aside and says, crazy fishermen, despised tax man, just this one and that one outcasts in the dregs of society. Nobody special. Paul said, you're really, there's no great and mighty among us. Matter of fact, he said, God chose the weak and the and the unwise and the, the people that the world despises. But I tell you what, God chose me. It doesn't matter if the world don't want me. God wanted me. God wants you. Even if your family's given up on you, if your family and your folks have washed their hands, said nothing to do with you, it's been too long and too strong, you've burned every bridge, you've ruined every relationship, you've wrecked every everything good that could have come, everybody's written you off. God wants you in with the blood of Jesus before the foundation of the world. And he said, that's just the one that I'm looking for. Anybody in this house today, Lord Jesus, freely given his fullness and abundance. I don't deserve it. I couldn't earn it. But I'm going to take it anyway. Mercy triumphs over judgment for as a man our magnificent king priest Jesus Christ was tempted in every way just as we are in conquered sin so now we come freely and boldly to where love is enthroned you're coming to love didn't Boaz say honey you come to God it's under his wings that you come to take shelter and find refuge and you're going to find out I'm here not just to tell you I have been blessed to be a blessing to you and I'm going to show you oh I'm going to show you a good God I know you've had it hard but I'm about to let let God's help make it easier for you life is not supposed to be so hard honey 
Come to where love is enthroned to receive mercy's kiss and discover grace that we urgently need to strengthen us in our time of weakness. Oh, you know, sometimes it's an emergency, isn't it? It's, it's an urgency. There's an urgency when you get up and you've been running on empty too long and you just got just a little bit left of get up in you. I mean, it's just even a supernatural thing for you to roll out of, uh, out of bed some days. And, uh, you know, the devil fights the heart. It's darkest just before dawn. He fights the hardest right at the point of breakthrough. Are you listening? You don't know. You don't know what it feels like sometimes to be laying there and, and, and it being rehearsed over and over and over, you know, where you lost this and you lost that. And look at you now. Oh, I know you made this move, but you know it ain't going to work out for you. You're the poorest of the poor. Here you are in the blessing, but you, but you know, it, 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 you know, God ain't going to bless you. You know, our time of weakness when we feel overwhelmed, weary in the well-doing, worn down and worn out, feeling helpless and tempted to be hopeless. Oh, but when help comes, when you come to Jesus, you'll find that he's ready to help and to give grace God's help. Grace is God's help. The help of God. Grace, it's his ability. It's his willingness to use his greatness on your behalf. Grace. Grace. And Ruth, now I want you to see this. Oh, she didn't know that day. What a day of rejoicing that would be. Because the Bible says that she received God's help in the harvest. You know God will wrap his help in the harvest. God. will wrap his health in a harvest. And if you're not careful, you, you'll miss it. You just want a band-aid. You don't want to be cured. The Bible says that they heard, they heard the message, but he said, they won't come to me. And their hearts are hard. Their, their ears are stopped up and their eyes have been, they close them and blind. He said, they don't want to be cured. They just want to hear another sermon. They want another band-aid to help them get on through and get on by, but... They're not listening to a word. They're looking, but they're not seeing. They're listening, but they're not hearing. But you know, Ruth, in the day, she, she experienced, she encountered, and she experienced God's help. And he wrapped it up in a harvest. God is strong, strong to redeem, strong to help. And boy, hope came as help came. I said, hope came. Can you imagine? And she'd worked all morning from early morning and she, she did what she could, you know, with what she had to work with because, you know, remember the law says that you, you have to, you, you get the leftovers, you get what's left behind. But, you know, grace. Here comes God's help. Here comes the Redeemer. Here comes a man that is honorable and, and looking for somebody to show the love of God, the grace of God, 
the mercy. And when he noticed, there, there, who's that? Why would he even be looking? Why would he even be looking in the corner of the field? At the left behinds and the left outs. Why, when he first come in and greets the harvester, his eyes immediately shift to the corner. the one who needs his help the most. I'll tell you why. Because he took the word seriously and the God of his word. He's a serious man. He's serious about this worship and witness And he got his mama's voice in his ear. She said, your name means strength. Someday you may be called upon to be a blessing. Someday God's going to strengthen you. And someday you may be called upon to use that strength for somebody who's weak. Who's trying Who's just trying? And son, you may be all the difference in the world. See, Jesus knows his eyes are on the sparrow. Not one falls without him knows. He said, how much more valuable are you? God's eyes are on the weak and the weary. On the gleaners in the corner. On the poorest of the poor. For he said, my assignment is I came to tell you good news. Good news, there's grace, there's help. Oh, come to Jesus. I'll tell you, he's ready to help. Come to Jesus. He has the help. He's give you grace, God's help. Ruth in one day, in harvest happening, hope came as help came. Here she is, working hard at it. Remember, we've talked about that. And Boaz noticed her called her over, spoke to her, and then he started helping her. See, because when you got nothing, you didn't bring nothing to eat. You can't work all day on nothing. I tell Sandy all that, that if I got a farm day, I need a farm boy breakfast. She got to have something to work with. Don't don't pour me no Cheerios. You know what I'm saying? I, I mean, I can't live on a strip of bacon. The smell of it from yesterday, I got to have... Something to work with, amen. Boaz, he said, Ruth, come over here. And he shared. He gave her some of his. He strengthened her. And then when he sent her back out, he'd given special instructions. Remember, can you imagine all of a sudden increase came? Do you imagine the help? The help started more than she expected. More than she expected. And can't you imagine how the hope, how hope, oh, the spark of God's help can find a tender, tendered heart and then hope ignites glory to God. Glory to God. Hope came with the harvest. And we join them in chapter 2 and I'll be finished. Have you got, can you give me five minutes? She picked up her gleanings and she went back to town and showed her mother-in-law the results. Verse 18 of her day's work, and she also gave her the leftovers from the lunch. And Naomi asked her, 
so where did you glean today? Whose field? God bless whoever took such good care of you. One translation, she says, where did you work? Who helped you? That you got all of this. Everybody say all this. Oh my. You know, God's got all this. God's got all this. Uh, I, I want to read this. It said, the man with whom I work today, his name is Boaz. And Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, why, God bless that man. God hasn't quite walked out on us after all. I like that there's all this after all. You need to stay with me for just a few seconds here. I know your bell is growling. I know you, you should have already come, you know, prepared. Hallelujah. Fasting won't hurt you. Your belly button touch your backbone. Been a while, honey. It, it's all right. Amen. There's something I want more than natural food. Jesus said, I have, I have, I got lunch here. I've already had supper with the woman at the well. He said, my will, he said, my food is to do the will of him that sent me. I, 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 I got so caught up in the work and, and, and giving some grace and some help that, you know, I mean, I forgot I order. What I order anyway? What, you know? I mean, the disciples said, hey, look here, you know, I mean, who gave him supper? Ain't nobody here but us. We went to get supper. Now he don't even want it. He forgot what he ordered. Now he says he's already eaten. Who gave him food? He said, well, boys, let me tell you. Men shall not live by bread alone. But by every word that streams out of the mouth of God. And I'm telling you, God said some things to a girl. And we're going to see a work of God. <laughs> Glory to God. Yeah, Ruth came home to... Naomi with a surplus harvest, more than expected. And hope came with the harvest. As Naomi said, where did you get all this after all? She said, God hasn't quite walked out on us after all. You know, life can be so hard, so harsh, so mean and cruel so much loss so much pain so much hurt and then here comes the devil after all that say you know God doesn't love you you deserve all of this you deserve what you what you've got that's just your lot in life you're one of the unlucky ones Add an insult to injury. You know there's some after all you've been through. This woman saying after all. But you know when hope comes, it lights the darkness, doesn't it? Hopelessness is a deep, dark cave. A deep, dark pit. Deep, dark and depending on how long and how strong it's been, you know. Sometimes in life, have you ever had just one thing right after the other? Naomi, her husband, died. Then her two sons died. Not at the same time, I'm sure, one and one by one. 
seemed like life was against her. It wasn't life against her, it was death. The thief comes, the enemy comes with one thing on his mind, to steal, to kill, to destroy. Aren't you glad Jesus came? Aren't you glad that he came? The Bible says he came into the darkness and the darkness has never had the ability to overpower the light. The light of Jesus. He said, I'm the light of the world. Then he said, we're the light of the world. God hasn't quite walked out on us after all. How did she come to that conclusion? One translation said he still loves us in bad times as well as the good. I've lived through some good times. And I've lived through some bad times. And I've found that God's love doesn't change. Now the devil will lie to you. There's sometimes that it feels like where is God? But you know you keep looking and you keep listening. And here comes God. Here comes hell. And he wraps himself in his help. He wraps it in the harvest. He knew that you know he couldn't just tell you. He had to show you. Oh I'm looking for a God who will show up. And show out. We're living in a day. But when it gets real dark out. Isaiah 60 it says. You need to consider this well. You need to look hard at this. He said the world. The whole world. Is blanketed. In darkness. Deep darkness. I don't think anybody could. Would disagree. You know, there's a difference between lighting a little birthday candle and calling that light and then God turning on the sunshine in the morning. And Isaiah says this, it says, you need to put yourself in the sunrise dawning of his greater glory. Wake up. Get yourself off the couch and out the house and get out. I'm telling you, when it gets the when it gets dark outside, there's see in Genesis it says there was night there was the first evening and then there was the the first uh it was evening and it was morning. God starts in the dark, but he ends in the light. <laughs> Are you listening? God never ends anything on the negative for those that look to him and are looking for him. Amen. God hasn't quite walked out on us after all. He still loves us. And when when Naomi heard who had helped her, I'll tell you, boy, hope went to a different level. The man whose field I worked in was Boaz. And it dawned on Naomi, she said. It says she continued, she goes, that man. (laughs) That man. See, Muhammad was a man. But he wasn't that man. All of these great heroes of 
religion and you know political power and all these things through the ages the 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 Russian czars and the great presidents that we've had and the dictators, all of these people down through the ages, but they were not that man. That man. That man, Jesus. That man, Jesus. He's a close relative. He's, she said, that man is one of our circle of kinsmen, covenant redeemers, a close relative. Honey, we're going to finish today. I know I took more than five minutes from you. I apologize. See, Sandy, you can redeem your ticket at the door. She'll pay you back for that time. I don't know if she'll refund your money. I don't know, but some, you know, we'll make it right with you. Maybe you'll get a free brownie. I don't know. Praise the Lord. Bear with me while I close this. Up. Talk about a plan. God knows exactly. What he's going to do because he planned it before the foundation of the world. What he's going to do for you. What he's going to do with you. What he's going to do through you. God knows it. Even if you don't know it, she didn't know. She didn't know. But God's putting his plan together. Talk about a plan, a setup. Talk about timing for a turnaround in a day. You know when the day comes. God will do it quickly in its time. When the appointed time comes. It says though the vision tarry. Wait for it. Because it will not tarry. When the appointed comes, time comes. God will make sure it happens swiftly. You know God. Is God. <laughs> in a day turnaround. Talk about a timing and a turnaround. And they're, they're linked together now. You know, today is God's day of a turnaround of salvation for you. I want to tell you, help is here. Now, you may have to get up off the couch. It may not come in a phone call. You may not get a text. This is God. I need you to make a move. I know you've been laying there depressed for 14 days, but I need you to get up. He may not come that way. May not come through the TV, may not come through a text, may not come through a phone call. God can do all of that. He knows you, your name. He knows where you are. But sometimes it's just a still, small voice stirring on the inside. It may not even be clear, but there's this urging, this prompting, this, this, this something pressing on the inside against the pressure that's on the outside for you to yield to the plan. For you to just make a move. For you to just go looking for him. Whom you think is hiding. Well you know. Like you or I would hide something special from someone special. Because we want to surprise them. Suddenly. Are you listening? If God hides anything. It's only to be revealed. He's waiting for the right time. But you got to. Sometimes you got to go look. And sometimes it feels like. That the Holy Ghost is doing this to us. No. No. To the left. You're getting warmer. You're getting. No. You're cold. Now move back to the right. Do you ever feel like. That the walk of faith is like that. One day. One step. One move. One word. One prompting from God at a time. But he's taking you somewhere. He's trying to get you 
into the harvest field where he has hidden his help for you. Are you with me today? Oh, I got good news for you. Help is here for you. I want to thank you for being with us today. I hope this has been helpful to you. And we're going to leave it off there. I want you to remember this. You are so very blessed. God knows exactly what he's doing. He's got it all planned out before the foundations of the world. He planned that we would be together today. That you would hear his words and that you would experience and encounter his mighty grace and love for you and his help. In Jesus' name, you be, so, you be blessed and be at rest. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.